Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Bonjour, ça va? Où est la piscine? Uh, bienvenue à Slow Pit Stop. Je m'appelle Arafat et uh, comme toujours, je suis rejoint par Mohamed. Uh, dis bonjour, Mohamed. This is America. Speak English. What is going on? <laughs> That's our usual thing I always start with. I said, say hi, Mohamed. Oh, uh, hi, Mohamed. How do you say that in Welcome. French? Bienvenue, Mohamed. Bonjour, Mohamed. Dis, as in say, bonjour, and then Mohamed. Bonjour, Mohamed. Um, there you go, I did it. <laughs> excellent, yes, because we are discussing the French Grand Prix right now. Um, Mohamed and I both have elected the other person to be the high-energy person on the pod today <laughs> because neither of us have any energy. I'm just tired because in the UK right now, it's basically midnight. Um, Mohamed has other reasons for being tired. Mohamed, you've had quite an adventure recently. Yeah, I'm I'm jet lagged. I just lagged off of a jet, and uh, I was on vacation for the past week, so that was nice. Um, Arfat, have you ever been in a foreign country with one pair of clothing? I have not, um, but I understand this is becoming more and more of a frequent problem for people. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize it was a thing that was happening. And then when it happened to me, everyone kept sharing me articles about how there's like 10,000 stranded bags in Heathrow and like nobody is getting anything that they get on a plane with. So I might, the the airline lost my bags, which is the only time in my life or the first time I should say, hopefully last time that's ever happened. And I had one extra outfit in my carry-on and a laundry service in my hotel so I just wore that outfit over and over and over and over again until the luggage, uh, the airline was able to return me my luggage the day before I left. And on the day before I left, I changed into a fresh new outfit and then I left. So very much so uh, an adventure going around with the same pair of clothes for the entire week. I don't understand why you didn't just buy some knockoff Ferrari clothes. I wasn't a big fan of the clothes in the country I was in. Um, they all were weird and I was not, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get myself to buy more clothing while I was there. Fair Good. enough. <laughs> um, should we get into this weekend's race then? Um, yeah, I missed everything except the race. I missed quality. I missed FP1, FP2. I heard it was very exciting. Was it very exciting, Arafat? What? Quali? Yeah. Well... I assume it being the French Grand Prix, it would be very, you know, the animals went in two by two, hurrah, hurrah. So I decided <laughs> to go see animals instead. Um, so oh, I nice. went off to the zoo and we saw oh. gibbons and lions and tigers and giraffes. Um, and every now and again, I just looked at my phone and literally nothing surprising happened in quality. <laughs> nice. In- incredible. So yeah, Quali was fun. I tuned into FP1 for one second and saw Nick DeVries. That kind of threw me off. What was he doing there? So there's a rule now that every team has to give two sessions to a young driver. And how they define young driver um, is like someone that's not taken part in at least two Grand Prix in the last however many seasons. So that's Mm. why Robert Kubica counts as a young driver. But um, oh. most teams basically make it so that each of your drivers through the season has to miss uh, one session. And yeah. Mercedes gave it to both their drivers and said, what race would you want to miss a session? And Lewis Hamilton, knowing the French Grand Prix is generally quite boring, <laughs> decided to miss it himself. <laughs> so <laughs> so he let Nick into his car for this uh, session. And at some point later in the year, George is going to be giving up his seat for one session as well. Oh, okay. That's nice. So I haven't participated in two Grand Prix. Does that mean I can also get in this young driver test? Yeah, of course. Um, How does it work with super license? Do you need a super license? Because I know taking taking part in an FP1 gives you points towards achieving a super license. 
There's no way you need a super license to get in. Because I could just take my license. It's an American license, which is already the greatest license in the world. And I'll just sharpie the word super over it. They should let me in. You know, I'm more and more convinced that the airline didn't lose your luggage and just <laughs> deliberately withheld it from you because you were being annoying. <laughs> you know, ironically, I kept telling myself, I'm going to throw an air tag in there and that way I'll be able to track it just in case. And then at the yeah. end, I was like, they're not going to lose my luggage. Why would I throw an air tag in my luggage? And then they lost it. So they just sent it to like an entirely different country. No, they just kept they held on to it for an extended period of time for no Jeez. reason. There are multiple flights coming and they were just like, nope, not this bag. Take the rest of them, but not this bag. <laughs> Um, Should we get into the weekend? Let's do it. Right, so we're going to talk about some stories mainly involving the race. And then uh, in a bit, we'll talk about uh, the F1 fantasy and then a couple of things from Twitter. Um, I've written in our notes here. Let's talk about Nico Rosberg in his cave. I think if we'd started recording this four hours ago and I've had more energy to deal with this, (laughs) we might just skip it for today. Um, he, he didn't do anything really that like interesting. He was just kind of like in his Zoom yeah no. Window. I just I, I just found out why he's on Zoom and up in the Monaco coverage, you know, he was stood next to the water the whole time. Yeah, it's because he's actually not allowed inside the paddock. What? No. Yeah. No. Now you have to. Are you kidding? Why is he not allowed in the paddock? So the paddock is only for people that are vaccinated against COVID. <gasps> He's not vaccinated? No. He's not? Oh my God. Which is why at Monaco, because <laughs> he lives in Monaco, so they couldn't throw him out, but he wasn't allowed in the paddock, which is why he was presenting from like the edge of the water. Um, yeah. And then for the French Grand Prix, he just wasn't able to come along at all. So just attended from Zoom, looking like some sort of Bond villain. Why is he not vaccinated? Everyone is vaccinated at this point. He should just get yeah. it. So, for context, <laughs> um, so you know that you're not getting... Well, no, you're getting very much a biased opinion. Muhammad <laughs> and I are both from the medical field. Muhammad is at the beginning of his career. I'm a respiratory doctor. I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people with COVID. Um and just get vaccinated. I, th- there's other places where you can go to get an explanation as to why. Um, but yeah, go get vaccinated. Here, Here um, is my 22nd reason why you should get vaccinated. Yeah. Everyone's doing it. If you don't do it, you're going to get some serious FOMO and you're going to be the only one who hasn't done it. So just do it because everyone's doing it. Exactly. That's my 22nd um, reason. And that's a good enough reason. So yeah, the, the, the interesting thing about Nico is he got covid And then he had this exemption certificate to say, look, I've recently had it. I've got antibodies. I don't need to be vaccinated. Yeah, fair enough. And then he said, my doctor said, um, I can't, I shouldn't be vaccinated. I can't be vaccinated. Now, I don't want to turn this into a whole uh, vaccinated versus anti-vax kind of thing because... um, we don't know what Nico's personal circumstances and he like as far as I can tell on social media he isn't out there telling other people not to get vaccinated mm-hmm. if you get covid we know for at least four weeks you can't get the get vaccine vaccinated. anyway yeah mm-hmm. so is he four weeks inside just having had covid I don't know maybe um so I'll reserve it's not that we should judge people anyway because okay I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people with um covid i've seen three people who have had side effects to the vaccine Mm -hmm. um two were young men who got myocarditis one was a woman who had an anaphylactic reaction and the thing that sticks in my mind is the first time she went and got the vaccine had anaphylaxis and then because everybody else was getting it and this whole shame of not getting it she went back for it a second time (laughs) and just got anaphylaxis anyway so (laughs) I don't want to shame people into doing things one way or the other. Yeah. And where we stand in terms of the philosophical question of what is your responsibility to other people and public health and what should governments be doing? I don't know. I can only speak from my experience of seeing these patients. 
And when the vaccinations came out, there was a massive drop off in the number of people that were getting seriously unwell. So I 100% recommend it. Um, and I hope everyone that goes and gets it gets it out of their own free choice. So we'll see what Nico does. Yeah, but it just felt yeah. off for me, you know, because he's he's always going on about science and the latest in like wind power yeah. and boats and whatever. So it just it didn't quite fit. The rule that Formula One has that you can only come into the paddock if you're vaccinated. I don't think Formula One care about public health. I think, sure. I mean, if they really cared about public health, they were interviewing Flavio Briatore on the grid. Right. Yeah. So let's not pretend that Formula One care about the morals of a situation. Um, I think they're so twitchy about being kicked out of a country and oh, not being able yeah. to race there and missing out on the money that they're mm-hmm. setting exceptionally strict rules mm-hmm. so that they can say to the host nation, we had no impact on your COVID rates. Mm-hmm. Therefore, let us keep racing here, mm-hmm. um, which is why Nico Rosberg has been banned from the paddock. Because of money, not because F1 cares. Yeah, he's going to get the vaccine and then he's going to retire. That's how he does it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Shall we uh, start talking about Mercedes' weekend? Because I think Mm. it was quite good. Double podium. It's pretty much the best we could have asked for, if not for a Lewis win outright. I know. I, I I sent you a text during the race when Lewis was in P two, and you know the end of the race was sort of settling down, and I went, "It would be really cool if Max had a DNF <laughs> in a way that he didn't get hurt. You know, he just slowly trundled to a stop, and yeah. then Lewis went on to get a win." Um, because to be fair to Red Bull, you know their performance was phenomenal. They clearly deserved to win the race, but we're Lewis Hamilton fans, and we would have loved to see him in P one. I have something. I don't know. Was their performance phenomenal? I feel like they just picked up the pieces from where Ferrari dropped it. You know, like I don't think that they were faster than Ferrari, but I agree. I think Mercedes was an exceptional place to, you know, take pick up their own pieces, finish both cars on the podium, and uh, I, I know a lot of people wanted this to be that first Lewis win, but we just were not. The pace wasn't there to compete with the front leaders. Uh, at least not in qualifying. I think maybe in the race a little bit, but it's just so hard to tell. It's, it's, it, I feel like it, we can't really keep track of the progress because the other cars get updated too. So, like, where is the Mercedes? It feels like we've been one second off the pace all season. Like, uh, Verstappen's able to pull a 10-second deficit to Lewis. You know, he's not able to compete with that. So, I don't know, like, this where this Mercedes is at, you know? Yeah, I think every week on social media we see... Oh my god, Mercedes is bringing a huge update. Mercedes is bringing this. Yeah. And Mercedes bought some like minor changes. They didn't bring a huge upgrade this race. And you know, people are saying to Lewis, "Oh, um people are saying you you know, you're going to have a massive step forward." And Lewis said in one of the interviews, "Who said that?" And they went, "Oh, you know, podcasts and stuff." And I was like, "Oh, that's us." Hi. <laughs> um but he was like, "Who's saying this stuff? You know, we're we're working hard every week. We're trying to make steps forward." And I suppose in some there's no such thing as a big upgrade, right? Mm. You might get lucky and take a huge chunk of time off. But like you said, you're sort of chipping away at a problem bit by bit by bit. Um, okay, well, I want to apologize to Lewis for spreading the rumor that you were going to win in France. That's, uh, that's all on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was going to ask you a question later on. But I'll ask you now. I've got the standings from this year up so far (laughs) can you name all the drivers who have not uh, had a retirement this year (gasps) so there's some people like like Zhou Guanyu I think finished six laps down um, in France but was classified 16 because he'd completed more than like 90% wait did he retire or was he just lapped six times no, he retired. Oh, but he, does, he doesn't count as a retirement. He yeah, like Officially, yeah, yeah. he classified as 16. You're talking about, you're talking about like full-on DNFs like in the yeah. beginning, middle so of the So name race. all the drivers ah, that's tough. that okay. have not classified as a retirement at any point. So not Verstappen or Perez, not Sainz or Leclerc. Hamilton has not DNFed. Russell has DNFed. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Lando and Daniel. Hmm. I want to say Daniel has DNF'd, but Lando has not. So I'm going to say, I'm going to add Lando to that list. Mm-hmm. Fernando f- for sure has DNF'd. Uh, Esteban has also DNF'd. Uh, what's after Alpine? Alpha Tori. Uh, Gassi has, Yuki has, uh, Alfa Romeo. Botas has, Zhao definitely has. Uh, what's next? Yeah, Williams. upside down in dramatic style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Williams. Both of them have got to have DNF. I've refused to believe that they have not DNF. And then both the Haas drivers have DNF. Aston. S- Ooh, Aston's tough. Has Sebastian Vettel? Has he DNF this season? Lance Stroll and Sebastian. Lance Stroll. I'm, I'm gonna say both of them have DNF. And my final list will be Lando and Lewis. How's that? So, it's three drivers that have hmm. not retired. Who did I miss? Is it Daniel? Lewis Hamilton Lando? is one of them. And Daniel. It's got to be Daniel. Daniel no. and Lando. No? So, uh, Lando retired in Miami. Oh. And Ricardo retired in Saudi. Uh, <gasps> you said oh, he did. retirement, but Vettel retired in Australia. Uh, oh, and Lance Stroll that. has had no retirement. So it's Lewis Lance Hamilton, Stroll. Lance Stroll, and a Nico super Hockenberg? sub called Nico Hockenberg. Ah, that's the, that's the trick question. <laughs> yeah. Lance anyway, Stroll has reason, had no retirements? Good for him. Yeah. Well, so he finished 16th in Azerbaijan. Um, I think he did crash out, but he was classified as 16th. Yeah. But the reason we bring up this little game to talk about people's retirement rates is Mercedes are sort of plodding along with great reliability. Yeah. Um, that, that's that been their strength at the minute. They just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I hope that they can keep going up to mm-hmm. the top step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That would be really nice. Um, and, I, you know, in the beginning of the of the season, you said that you can win a championship by just consistently podiuming. I don't think we can yeah. win a championship now, but Lewis has had four podiums in a row. Hopefully, that's the kind of stuff that translates into him getting higher in the rankings than P6. What What is your goal for him? Because right now, yeah. Russell is one point off of Sainz, and Lewis is 16 points off of Russell. So 16 points is like, like let's say this was a fight for the lead, and Lewis was 16 points off of leading the championship. He'd be like, oh, yeah, he's still in the fight. So do mm. you think he's got it in him to you know, beat both Russell and Sainz consistently and then take P4 in the championship, in the driver's championship, behind so, Verstappen I think I think the target should be to finish ahead of Russell. Yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. and I think it's probably going to end up being the top four will be the Red Bull and Ferrari drivers. Mm-hmm. We'll come on to him later, but I don't think Carlos Sainz will finish in P4. I think he'll actually finish higher than that. Oh. Um, I think P4 will end up being Perez or Leclerc. Wow. Okay. Um, what about, you know, getting ahead of Russell without necessarily Russell DNFing? 16 points. He'd, he'd have to finish more than yeah. one position higher than Russell multiple times. I think times. so, because I think looking at the second half of the season, Lewis is qualifying ahead of Russell. And remember at the beginning yeah. of the year, I said, Mercedes are not as fast as Red Bull and Ferrari, but they are faster than McLaren, Alpine, etc. Yeah. And in the race, I think it's just going to come down to which Mercedes qualifies in the front. Um, and I think at the minute, Lewis is up to his game in terms of qualifying. He's understanding the car better. They're getting the yeah. steps more correct. So, um, yeah, I think it's advantage Lewis at the minute. I hope so. Um, and, and I do hope he finishes ahead of Russell and that he gets his first win. Although this weekend really, for me, showed that the first win is possible. Uh, I don't know if it's guaranteed, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah it's just tough. I didn't watch Formula 1 in 2009, and I didn't watch it in 2008. 11 you know the tough years when it wasn't you, you didn't know if he was going to get that win but though he said this car isn't as bad as the car he drove in those years when he just managed to put together a win even then so maybe that means that we will see a win i don't know but uh definitely something so i was very happy with with mercedes's weekend overall 
Um, yeah, it is tough because, like you said, in qualifying, the Mercedes is still one second down in um, in the race. Mercedes were still 0. 0.6 seconds down. Um, so is it 0.6? Because some people on, on Twitter were like, it's 0.2. Some people said 0.3. Like, that's what I mean. Can you really quantify how far back Mercedes so is right now? I got that figure from the race. And I think okay. the compounding factor is once Verstappen was sat in the lead, mm. he wasn't pushing anymore. So if you compare like absolute mm. numbers, it'll be smaller. But I think if you compare the laps where Verstappen was pushing versus when Fair Hamilton enough. was pushing, yes. the gap yeah. is larger. Yep, yep, okay, I get that. Should we talk more about Red Bull then and Ferrari? Yeah, let's do it. But actually, before we get into that, I want to discuss something that has turned into a little bit of a a fan civil war on the, not civil war, just a war. George Russell and Sergio Perez calling each other out on the radio. Russell saying that Perez should have given him the position. Perez saying that Russell went off track. Can we just be clear that this was both of them trying to get points with the race director on the radio and probably neither of them had any merit to what they were saying? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I I think this whole thing about drivers' meetings and um, drivers not being clear on the rules and arguing about them in the drivers' briefings and things like that, it's spilling over into the race and it just shows that the race director and stewards need to get a grip of the situation and get some consistency. Yeah. No, because I think what Russell was trying to say is, I know I dove down the inside, but according to the current rules, which I was penalized for last race, that means I should be handed the position because of the way the rules are written. And the stewards were like, nope. And then Perez, I think... And at the end, when they were in the cool-down room and Lewis was lying on the floor, the replay came up of the overtake that George tried in Perez. And you see George straight away pointed at it and shook his head, being yeah. like, I should have gotten that position. Yeah. And then Perez was trying to get him for going off track. But even if he went off track, with the lap times are just deleted. It's not necessarily he has to give the position back because he didn't gain a lasting advantage, right? Yeah, so it's while you're actually defending an overtake, if you get if you do something where you get a lasting advantage... You have to nullify the la- the lasting advantage. Mm. Mm. He has to like slow back down. So yeah, mm. I think it was both of them just arguing with the uh, trying to play politics on the radio. I don't think it was anything crazy, um, but people definitely trying to make it seem bigger than it was. Should we talk about Red Bull? Yeah. So uh, Leclerc had a good start. He got ahead. Um, Verstappen couldn't get past him. I thought it was going to be a slam dunk move. And he was just going to cruise past him on the straight. But he just couldn't get past him. And it's funny to me that the characteristics of the cars are a bit topsy-turvy. Because yeah. over the last few years, we've thought of, okay, big straight, that's a Mercedes advantage. Mercedes yeah. much mm-hmm. faster in a straight line. Um, but now they're like 18 kilometers per hour yeah. slower in a straight line. Yeah. And then Red Bull are the ones that are fast. And I always thought of you know Red Bull being the people that didn't have straight line speed but had amazing cornering speed. Mm-hmm. And that was Ferrari now. So yeah. I think I'm just sort of having to reset my brain. You know, I see a big straight. I need to not yeah, think, I know. Okay, Mercedes I, I still will do think this. A little bit, yeah, exactly. I still think a little bit like, oh, that's a Mercedes thing. But actually, it's like the slow and medium speed or the medium high speed corners that Mercedes is good at. All the corners Ferrari is good at. The straight line speed is Red Bull. It's all topsy-turvy this year, you know? Yeah, and yeah. where Ferrari were getting there speed this race was in turn 11 the Mm -hmm. big big curve um and you see uh you know leclerc and even signs you know as he was coming through the field overtaking people Mm -hmm. he was going around the outside of people around corners because they were just going so much faster yeah Um, and i think around that turn 11 leclerc was 15 kilometers an hour faster than anyone else wow and it was almost that that's like the race has written an article where the rate the their their advantage was also the root of their problems because they mm. were going so much faster in that corner the tires were getting destroyed no well yeah but also if you make a mistake that mistake is so much more dramatic because you're making a mistake at a much higher speed yeah like if you're doing wow. a, cor- a slow corner like the hairpin at monaco for example 
mm-hmm. and you make a little bit of a mistake, it's, no one will probably notice. Mm-hmm. Whereas making a mistake at a high speed, you're going to fly off and hit the tires like Leclerc did. Ah, uh, yeah. I I don't know if Red Bull was the fastest car this weekend because, like you said, just before Leclerc went off, that was, you know, Verstappen really wasn't able to catch and overtake. They were... Red Bull defaulted when 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 Red Bull cannot overtake on pure pace, they default to strategy. Like they're yeah. very good at pulling the strategy trigger very quickly, and that's what they did. Like lap fifteen or something, they already it was seventeen that they called Verstappen in for the pits, and that mm-hmm. was very early. And they and that was pretty much indicating to me that they didn't think they could beat them on pure pace. So I think the Ferrari is the faster car for sure. They just cannot pull together a race weekend to save well, their what lives. What was interesting is. Red Bull were much faster in a straight line, right? Mm-hmm. They just got stuck behind the Ferrari. And they were surprised by how well the tires were lasting, being stuck behind Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't expect that they could sit behind him for that long with tire temperatures so high. And they were on the mediums. So they said, okay, if the mediums are holding up this well, mm-hmm. maybe the hards will hold up even better. And they pitted early which made it look like they were going for a two-stop. Mm-hmm. But actually, they were still going for a one-stop. And Just I think hard. overall, their car was so strong that it made it, it basically gave them all the options strategically. Mm. Um, and it put Ferrari into a position where when they pit Leclerc, he was probably going to come out behind Verstappen and would have had to fought him for position again. Sure. But Red Bull would have had the straight line advantage and it would have been much harder for Leclerc to get ahead. Because um, you could see with Verstappen having that straight line advantage, he wasn't getting ahead. So Leclerc's odds would have been even worse. So do you think Leclerc doesn't crash out? Does he win the race? I think he comes out behind Verstappen and then has to overtake on track for the win. He would have had fresher tyres, so would have had that advantage. But the advantage Verstappen would have had is... You know, if he's going to go for an overtake on the straight, he's he's got much better straight line speed. What was uh, Verstappen's gap to Leclerc at the time of his crash? It was like two seconds or something, right? In the under pit window? In the under, not under pit. Under cut. See the jet lag brain. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Red Bull feel that Leclerc would have come out behind them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think Leclerc had a solid chance of still put it, pulling off the victory, though. I think it was a solid attempt by Red Bull. That's what Red Bull does, though. They throw these attempts at them just to see what sticks. I think that this is another one of those. But I think Leclerc could have still... I don't know. I think he could have still pulled off the yeah, victory. Yeah, I think it would have been a very, very close fight right to the end. I think yeah. it would have been a good race between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were denied that. By... I mean, as it was, it was still very sort of interesting. I, I enjoyed the Russell Perez fight at the end. This is that's just essentially yeah. oh, what... No, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as processional. Last year was pretty good, too. Oh, you know what? That's what... Uh, basically, what Red Bull did last year to Lewis, now that I think about it. They undercut Lewis, and then Verstappen passed him for the lead because he had fresher tires. And I remember we were all complaining about Mercedes not knowing how to do strategy. Very mm. ironic now that we have Ferrari <laughs> in, the, in the title lead fight yeah. and strategy as a question, you know. But um, Speaking of strategy, should we get to science? Because I think that's the more entertaining yeah. discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so science pitted under the safety car. He came out in front of Albin uh, and was given a five-second penalty for unsafe release. So, lap 42, he comes up behind Sergio Perez. You know, he's cutting through the entire field. Um, Again, he carries this massive speed through turn 11 Mm -hmm. and then goes around the outside of Perez at the next turn. And as he's going around the outside of him, Ferrari come on his radio and tell him to pit. (laughs) What is this? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. Sometimes I'll admit when I'm watching a race, I get distracted. I go on my phone, I check Twitter, I check messages from you or from our other uh, friends that watch Formula One, see what they're saying, and then I look at the screen and I'm like, "Oh, hey, when you know did that happen?" And I guess Ferrari does the same thing. They like look at their screens. They're like, "What's the best yeah. strategy move? What are we doing?" Look, and then they look up at the screen and they're like, "Oh, is he is he going for an overtake?" 
And then uh, I think that's basically that's what happened. They just they weren't paying attention, and they were like, "Yeah, box, box, box." You know, this the the F one game that we have running concurrently with this has told us to box. Yeah. <laughs> you should box. But like, <laughs> like, even earlier in the race, when they came on to tell him that he's got a five second penalty, they described a stop go penalty. They were, you know, yeah. you've got to come in, stop for five seconds, and go. And then Carlos comes on and goes. That's not the penalty that we would have been given. We would have been given a five-second time, time penalty. penalty. Yeah. So I don't need to stop and go. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well done. I, I wonder <laughs> if like, if he hadn't corrected them, would they have done the five-second stop and go penalty? <laughs> would he have just you served the wrong penalty? You think they know what they're talking about. But sometimes with Ferrari, you're never quite sure. <laughs> what what team was it this year that didn't serve their stop and go penalty Alpha correctly? Tari. And they had to come back and do it again. Like it was like I think ten I can't seconds. Remember. Yeah, it was Gasly, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then I think it was Will- Williams where the the engineer gave Latifi a ten second penalty because he stayed behind and touched the car after yeah. he's supposed to get off the thing. So when teams, I don't know, it, it's just you don't expect. I guess maybe you do expect that from Ferrari. I don't know. But it was quite hilarious. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, mm-hmm. later on they argued. They went, look, if we'd left him out there, we feel his tires would have got slower and slower and slower. And he wouldn't have been able to defend against Alonso. And he would have ended up in P5 with, after the penalty was applied. Mm-hmm. And they said by pitting him, we ended up in P5 but got fastest lap or had a shot at fastest lap. So, we, you know, we went for one more point. Than we were. And it's like... You understand all these things in hindsight, but yeah. the way you, Ferrari go about really it, it just looks that? clumsy. <laughs> yeah, it just looks so clumsy. Well, so I think, you know, okay, he passed press for P4 before he boxed. Let's say he doesn't box. He stays out for P4. He's got these tires that are okay. If he can build a five-second gap, he keeps that P4 position. If not, his tires get so bad, he's got two laps to sort of defend I almost feel like he could have kept the P4. I know it was like 50-50 on the line, but even if he doesn't keep it, worst case scenario, P5. The one point difference was for fastest lap. Uh, I guess I sort of see... But if Ferrari were going to be aggressive about it... Hit him five laps earlier. Yeah, go earlier. Because then what you're saying is, okay, if the best we can manage is P5 with fastest lap, we'll do that anyway. But we'll give ourselves a buffer. If something happens out, out front a spin, a crash, a safety car, whatever, we'll be in a better position to fight for it and, you know, get mm-hmm. back into P4, P3, P2, whatever. Yeah. But they just, it felt very defeatist and at the end and just, I don't know. I, they We talked about this last weekend when we said, you know, Ferrari had a much more aggressive strategy. They were in yeah. control of their strategy, whereas this, it didn't feel like they were in control. Again, they were just reacting to things as they popped up. With Leclerc initially, when it seemed like they did know what they were doing because they pit Verstappen and they didn't, use, Leclerc didn't cover off, and I felt like okay, maybe Ferrari knows what they're doing again. They're they got it in, under control, and I just I feel like it. They can't pull everything together. You put it best in your TikTok that you put out, that we put out, where <laughs> I think the race engineer, the, the strategist for Carlos, thought he was a strategist for Charles. And he just stopped paying attention. I'm almost certain <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, possibly. He was like, what? I haven't been watching since Charles hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, just box him. What's the worst that could happen? Um, but oh, for me... The thing it, I was going to yeah. say um, was, you know, we're talking a lot of, a few weekends ago about Ferrari need to prioritize Leclerc ahead of Sainz, otherwise they're mm. not going to be able to fight against Verstappen. And now I think that title fight's over anyway. But oh yeah, I think Sainz actually had one of his best performances, and I think he's mm. getting stronger and stronger. The confidence of winning a race, maybe you know, it took him a while to get his head around the new regulations, whatever. But I think he's getting stronger and stronger. Um, and th- that's what I'm saying. I wonder if Carlos Sainz will end up in P3 or even P2 at the end of the year in the championship. You know, it's very possible. I think you're right. I think, I think. by the way, for all of our listeners, 
this race was the end of the title fight. Ferrari will mount a little bit more of a challenge. They will try to edge away at Verstappen's lead. I just don't think they have it. They don't have that Mercedes post-Brazil energy, fly off the walls, crash into the barrier type energy to just pull out all the stops and win. I don't think Ferrari has that. So I think this was it for the title fight. And I think now anything we see going forward will just be interesting. It'll be fun and interesting to see how the rest of the teams uh, perform. And I yeah, maybe Carlos will be ahead of Charles. The thing with Charles is like, I think he was just feeling the pressure so much of having to win every single race in order to stay alive in this title fight. Carlos kind of got the message that he's a number two driver. So I feel like maybe that eased it off a little bit that he didn't have to prove himself every race and maybe that's why he's doing better but if Charles accepts the fact that he's no longer in this title fight and his fight becomes with Carlos I think that'll be really interesting so that so, to see you know how they they uh, compare against each other I don't know speaking of not in the title fight how do you rate Perez's weekend Ooh, I don't know man Perez had a bad, he just had an off weekend. Some people were using this as an example that he is just a bad driver. I don't think that's true. He's had good weekends too. Monaco was a great weekend for him. Um, I think Saudi, he was doing really well in Saudi until Red Bull moved him out of the way so Verstappen could win. Was that Saudi or was that Australia or something? I don't remember where that was. But do uh, you remember? No. No. Anyway. It's so late. I have no idea what's going on anymore. I'm in yeah. a different day to you now. I'm in the future. Do the tomorrow's wordle, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I was gonna say I think he just had a really off weekend, and you know the theory behind why he had an off weekend. Yeah, I saw you texted me this, and I was like, "This is nonsense." Why do you think it's? I think it's absolutely cool and real. The theory is that for uh, Red Bull put a non flexi floor on uh, Checo's car to test what it would be like after the technical directive goes into effect in Spa. And that is why Perez was so slow. To be honest, he was slow enough that both Mercedes fought him on merit, which is like very, which means either he was really off that weekend or Verstappen was out driving the car. So I think it's a combination of all the above. I think he was having an off weekend. Yeah. I think, you know, he was disappointed in his qualifying pace. So, I think even if he'd had a good time in qualifying, Verstappen yeah. was still being exceptional. Um, and you know, even if he's testing a different type of floor or whatever, there's no piece of equipment on a car that's like a silver bullet that just suddenly gives you like four seconds of extra pace. At most, it's like, you know, 0.1, 0.2 of a second. And mm-hmm. so if Mercedes are one second behind, you change the floor. And if it really does have that big an impact, Mercedes is now 0.8 seconds behind. So I don't think, you know, the next race for Stappen is suddenly going to be where Perez was this weekend. Hmm. But I, it's, I don't know. I don't know anything about engineering, so I can't say if, I think the flexi floor, I think it's supposed to be more of a difference than that point two though. I think it's supposed to be pretty significant, no? I don't know. Um, who knows? Yeah, we don't know these knows? things. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> wait speculate. and see. As, as Mercedes fans, as Lewis Hamilton fans, we hope that it has a big effect and that it pulls yes. Verstappen towards Hamilton. Yep. Basically, we, we want enough that Lewis can fight for a race win that's our hope for that's all year. we want we don't want him he's not going to win yeah. the championship we're not delusional and you know yeah. what a very hearty congratulations to max for winning this year's championship because i think he really deserved it this time he drove really well he converted his own poles into victory he converted leclerc's poles into victory <laughs> so <laughs> yes that's yeah. that's true that's that's the that's where verstappen seems to shine Converting the players' polls into victory. That's the title yeah. of the episode. <laughs> so, congrats to Max for uh, a hard-fought and, I would say, well-deserved second championship win. This one more deserved, I think, than the last one. Um, but, yeah, he's got it now. Yeah, he's going to be on... on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be on Alonso. He's... Would, you... would you put him on Alonso's level now because he's a two-time champion? Or would you put him... How would you rank him compared to Alonso? Alonso at this time in 2007. 
Yeah. How'd you rank him? I don't know. It's very hard. A lot of people rated Alonso as one of the greatest. I think that's because of who he competed with. You know, he yeah. he fought against Schumacher. Um, I think Verstappen's ability to fight against Hamilton, like you look at some of the races last year, mm-hmm. and Hamilton and Verstappen were like 20, 30 seconds ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I think you have cool. to accept um, he, he, he is on another level, and I think he, he is part of the group that you'd say great drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was an article with Chris Medland or something where he talked about the difference between very good and great drivers. I didn't I didn't read it, so maybe he was calling Leclerc a very good driver. And I was going to say, do you think Leclerc is very good? You know, after, I think, Imola, when he crashed out of the lead then, that was the first time I felt like, wow, Leclerc does not have it in him to really fight Verstappen. I thought he would be the driver that could fight Verst- take the fight to Verstappen. Obviously, mm. Hamilton could, but he doesn't have the car. When he crashed out of the lead in Imola, I thought, no... And then Ferrari as a team made uh, mistake after mistake after mistake, and I thought maybe I was being too harsh on Leclerc, and maybe it's more of a Ferrari as a team can't. Now with this crash, again, at such a crucial time in the championship for him, I think that definitely Ferrari as a team can't win the championship, for sure. Also, I don't think Leclerc has it in him to take the fight to Verstappen. What remains to be seen is do the other, you know, A-class uh, rookie drivers from 2017, 2016, do they have it in them? So I'm talking Lando Norris, George Russell, um, do they, maybe even Carlos Sainz, do they have it in them to take the fight to Verstappen? And I don't know. Now that Leclerc doesn't, and I really thought he did, I have huge question marks for, you know, Lando Norris, maybe even George Russell. So I, I can see Russell winning a world championship. Hmm. Uh, Lando, Lando, I. I can see him winning a championship kind of in the way Jensen Button did, you know, in the later yeah. part of his career. Because lots, lots of people make jokes about Lando Norris not even winning a race yet. But, yeah. you know, it took Jensen Button a long, long time to win a race. So I can imagine Lando doing something like that. I'm just looking down the list of drivers this year. Who who can I see winning a world championship? Carlos Sainz, I think I can see him being a uh, champion. Ferrari? I think, and if, if not Ferrari, what new team is he jumping to? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly right. But uh, yeah, I think, it, yeah. I, but I just feel like he's talented enough and he's skilled yeah, enough okay. that he, he he deserves a championship, whether or not yeah. it'll happen. Um, like I know we talk about Daniel Ricciardo struggling now, but you know Daniel Ricciardo twenty fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think you'd probably say the same thing. Like this guy yeah. deserves a world championship, but whether or not it happens is a different story. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's kind of how I see Carl, Carlos Sainz. Like, yeah, he's in that sort of position. I sure see Lando too. To be honest, I see him in that same position. Yeah, I think maybe because the McLaren's not been great, Lando's mm. been having a quieter year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having said that, he is seventh in the championship, you know, uh, mm. and his teammate is twelfth. So he he is doing a good job, but. I don't think, and there's nobody else on there who could win a championship, you know. They're all solid drivers. They're Most yeah. of them, except for Latifi, is a solid driver that belongs in Formula One. Um, but I don't think any of them are championship material. And I remember last year, you said once Lewis Hamilton retires, and we said this with the, we, like we had assumed he would win that year and then he would retire. You said I see Verstappen winning for the next two or three years because who's there to stop him? That's what you told yeah. me, and I kind of understand that so. sentiment now. I think let's say Mercedes is competitive next year, Lewis Hamilton wins. After that, it's gonna. I really think it's up to George to pull out all the stops, yeah. and yeah, there's nobody else so. who can take on Verstappen. I think George Russell will be the next great white hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who said that? What was his name? Um, Derek Warwick. Yeah, Derek Warwick. Good on him for subtle racism. Um, <laughs> so, because of this whole like thing, people a lot more people think that Charles Leclerc is going to move to Mercedes after he finishes out his Ferrari contract. I talked. To, we talked about this last episode. Arfat said he could. Maybe it depends. Um, do you think it's more likely after this weekend, or or no? Because it was his mistake. No, I don't know. Ugh. More likely, 
<laughs> it really depends on Articulate. when Lewis stops. You know, they asked Lewis, would you go to race 400? And he looked shocked. Um, <laughs> it, I think sometimes things have, people have momentum behind them. Yeah. Right? So this year, I feel like Gasly's momentum has fizzled away. He's probably yeah. older, smarter, faster. But if for whatever reason Lewis had retired last year, I would have put Gasly into the conversation. Whereas this year, you almost don't even think about Gasly because he's yeah. so anonymous kind of because of where his car is. Yeah. So I think often people have momentum behind them. Um, if I was Toto Wolf, would I take... Would I take do it. Leclerc over Ocon? Because Ocon's doing oh. a good job against Fernando. And Fernando's oh, not slow. If we had about Ocon. Hmm. What about Nick DeVries? Because would I take Ocon... So I might take Ocon to uh, Mercedes and then put Nick DeVries... Well, no, they'd give, it to, they'd give it to Piastri or something. But I would try and get uh, Nick DeVries lower down the grid, get him prepped, and yeah. then bring him up to Mercedes later. Yeah. I don't know if I'd take Ocon. He's consistent, and I know he's a Mercedes driver, but the thing, the problem with bringing Charles on board is that he's going to fight George. So you have to make sure that you have a unified team that can take on Verstappen. But if I was Charles, I would try to make that move. Or I'd try to make the move to to Red Bull. But then again, you have the same problem. You're going up against Verstappen in the same team. So it's tough. There aren't many options. Maybe he just has to stick it out with Ferrari and go yeah, through the I whole think Ferrari. The team. way Lewis is like Mercedes through and through. Yeah. I think Leclerc will be Ferrari through and through. Mm-hmm. I think he will either end his career at Ferrari or do a Kimi Raikkonen and hang out at Alfa Romeo for a couple of years. Yeah. I can't, weirder things have happened obviously people change all the time but just at this moment in time I see Leclerc as Ferrari yeah fair enough and I see the same thing with Lando I think he's through and through McLaren but money talks and maybe if they have a better car who knows but we asked our fans what they think what they would like to see happen in their dream driver pairing uh we had Jed, the GG, the JGG said he would love to see Russell and Norris together, no doubt. They're both great talents and machines not worthy of their talents. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Norris's personality, but he's driving superbly, shading a GP winner like Ricardo. Um, it's, it is funny that, like I said last week, people are like, do you want him to win a race or do you want him to drive like Norris? Which I think is pretty funny, but Nor- <laughs> if you ignore sort of the inner team fighting, I think either Norris or um, Leclerc would be great people at Mercedes. I think they would do really well. And I do think they sort of deserve cars better than they are in right now. But, yeah. That's sort of the thing with McLaren. They're having this terrible backslide. They were third in 2020, fourth in 2021. It looks like they may finish fifth this year behind Alpine. So, it's tough. Uh, F1 Blag, friend of the podcast, said Max Verstappen and prime Michael Schumacher as teammates would be explosive. They just crash into each other every race. They neither of them would leave each other room. And uh, let's say they're at Ferrari. Ferrari would be, you know, Ferrariing themselves every week, and they'd finish last in the constructors. So that's a horrible idea, F1 Blag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and lastly, Pernusha Reddy said, George and Nick DeVries, I'd love to see Nick in F1. I think Nick would be good in F1. Do, do you watch Formula E? What is happening with him this year in Formula E? He's like not, he's kind of anonymous. He's really behind his teammate, Stoffel Van Dorn. Yeah, Formula E is really difficult to watch because I can never work out when it's on. Um, <laughs> and then even in that, they've like con- emailed ticket holders for the, like the London E-Prix or whatever. And said, oh, by the way, yeah, we're, we're changing when practice is. It's going to be on Friday now instead of Saturday or something. <laughs> um, so it, they're just, they're all over the place. But yeah, I don't I don't know why he's that far behind his teammate. I don't know. I don't know what happened. He seemed like he had so much promise. He had won F2 and then he won Formula E. And you thought, wow, this guy's got so much potential. But then now he's like seventh place in the championship. And I, I just don't know what happened. I haven't been watching. But good for Stoffel Van Dorn, another Mercedes driver at the top of the rankings. Uh, that's all we have for Twitter. Let's move on to F1 Fantasy this week. Uh, this week, our winner was, I'll tell you in a second, Honda F1.2022, Stilianos P. I'm pretty sure this person won another 
Like, yeah, I think they he's did. won before. Did they ever contact us for... No. Stylianos, <laughs> what are you doing? Contact us. We have two circuits for you. <laughs> so what are the chances they will contact us again? I don't know. Um, if you... You know what? We, we, I think we should start... In the summer break, we'll start going down, like, second and third place winners and start giving out the circuits for the non-responders to those people. Stylianos P had a winning team with 187 points. He had Alex Albon, Max Verstappen, Alonso as his turbo driver. Wow, Alonso as turbo driver yields him more points than Verstappen winning in P1. Where did Alonso finish? I don't even remember. He's got Botas Stroll, uh, who had the last finishing position, and then Red Bull as a team constructor. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, very surprised about Alonso being the turbo driver because I don't know where that could have gone elsewhere. Uh, he will be getting a track if he contacts us. Please contact us. And uh, I think that's that's all we have for you guys this week. Isn't that correct, Arafat? That is correct. I've already fallen asleep. Yeah, and I am almost there. So this episode will come out hopefully soon-ish, and then we will join you guys again for Hungary, and that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. Hopefully we see a Lewis win, because he's won the most Grand Prix, tied with Michael Schumacher at the same circuit there. Mm. And It's very uh, hard to overtake there, so... I'm psychologically already prepared for him to not, because I feel... The Mercedes car is better in the race than qualifying. And to win at Hungary, you need to have a really good qualifying. I think what will happen is everybody will pit except for Max Verstappen. And Lewis will be at the top of that line of people that pit. And he'll get ahead of Verstappen and he'll keep that position till the end. That's what I think. Let's do that. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us at Slow Pit Stop. We'll see you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.